What is up, my mishpache, my chevrim, everyone? Good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom, for all my goyim. Have a great weekend. Friday is here. Thank God it's Friday. Let's just kick back and relax. Take a big exhale. Let's get through chapter 9 and 10 today of Power of Now. Wow, what a great book. I'm enjoying this. It's like I'm rereading it. Enjoy. That's it for the intro. This chapter starts off with absolute gold. It's impossible to feel happy when a loved one dies, or you're approaching death, or someone you love is sick. But peace does not mean happiness. Simple as that. I really needed to hear that. When I read that part of the book, I really needed to hear that. You don't even understand how bad I need to hear it, because I assumed peace was later, that I couldn't have peace now. All my financial goals, my career goals, my relationship goals, literally like every goal possible, it was catered towards peace only being possible in the future. And here I was, thanks Deckard Tolle, realizing, wait a second, I've always had peace and I have peace right now. And if you're wondering, Zev, tell us, oh, how, why? It's simply because we always have the present moment. We always have the present moment without definition, without labels, without forms, and without stories that we've constructed. Because we're human beings and we construct things to claim identity to it. And if we don't identify as anything, our ego, our self-talk, thinks we're dead. Because a dead person, as what we think, has no ego. It has A dead person has no self-talk. They have no consciousness anymore. At least that's what we assume. And so that's why our ego, which again assumes that, is scared to not identify with anything because it's been ingrained in us because we are survival beings. We have survived for tens, if not hundreds of thousands, if not a million years. And that is why present moments are peace because there's no stories being created in the present. So we can't create any problems. And just to paraphrase the rest of that page, pretty much, he goes on to say, you can be extremely sad and still at peace because you are accepting what's happening. You realize you're not just what you feel. You're not what you feel, actually. You're just observing it. Tolle even says you can have a sense of calmness and complete presence, even if you're sad, when you're at peace. This honesty reinforces my highest goal of all, which is to just have peace in life. When I wrote down my 10-year goals three years ago, I reverse engineered it and asked why. Why do I want these goals? Because everyone should do that. If you haven't done that, ask yourself why. And it came down to me feeling good. And I went, okay, but everyone wants to feel good. So why do I want to feel good? And I came to the conclusion that I wanted peace. And that's why this hits so hard. Another tip from Eckhart Tolle, the goat. Negativity is resistance. Remember this. Tolle suggests that our pain body is triggered when you feel resistance. So just to review, pain bodies, that is when our ego takes over because of insecurities or pain, aka the shadow. Shout out to Carl Jung. So, remember, as Tolle suggests, your pain body's triggered when you feel resistance. Your ego wants to start creating a problem. Old emotions tied to the pain body start coming up again as a coping mechanism because your brain doesn't know the difference between imagination and reality. 
Because of this, we can get into really deep stages of depression, grief, and anger. So be really careful what stories you create and construct because that's your imagination. It's not reality, but your brain, physiologically, we don't know the difference. We start to sweat, our heart rate goes up, even if we're imagining hectic things. Uh, so, Now this is about to get really deep, okay? Buckle up. So Tolly again explains that once you've identified as this negative being, you actually deep down don't want to let it go. Subconsciously, or even just deeply unconsciously, you don't want to let it go. Because that's now an identity. You don't want positive change because that would mean stripping your old identity. So people who seem like they're always negative, it's because it's they are a pain body. They are this walking parasitic zombie ego walking around scared to die, scared to lose and shed the identity because death is scared of the ego. No different than these really happy-go-lucky people who are scared to start criticizing someone because that's their identity being gone. Like, you know, I mean, you can look at it both ways. And then it makes me start to ponder, what about the middle ground? What about that person who's a little edgy, but also respectful, but also can say something, a little chirp here and there? You know, there are going to be things that they are, are conflicted about and don't want to do because their ego identifies with a certain persona. So anytime opportunities pop up that allow you to be positive, loving, etc., a person might actually reject those opportunities because they feel comfortable. We like familiarity, and it's familiar to be that grumpy piece of shit. And, but as Eckhart Tolle says in a savage way, it's also insane <laughs> to reject love since that is in essence what keeps us alive. Think about it, love turns into mating, turns into reproduction, which is what cells wanna do. They wanna split and divide and reproduce. But also a little lesson is all we know is what's worked. I guess, let me frame that better. We know that whatever we did yesterday, it must have worked because we woke up today, we're here, it worked. But it's like the saying, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Our ego doesn't filter. It doesn't realize that we smoked a pack of cigarettes yesterday. That's going to kill us in 40 years. Oh, but the cigarettes kept us alive for today. Therefore, it's fine. We can keep doing it, you know? So be careful what habits you have that your brain, I guess your, yeah, your brain thinks is keeping you alive, but isn't. <laughs> There's a meditation technique called dying before you die. This is where you picture your body. <laughs> it's kind of grim, but bear with me. You picture your body eroding away bit by bit until it's just your awareness. And I guess totally thinks this is an exercise that shows nothing was ever real. The fact that even our body, our flesh that we deem as ours, that we have control over, even that is going to erode away and become nothing except for fuel, uh, soil and fuel for plants and animals. Real things don't die. Only forms names, illusions, definitions, constructs, those die, but real things don't die. Everything else is an illusion that we are just grasping onto to feel alive. So that, I'll repeat it again real quick, is that meditation technique, you picture yourself eroding away, dying before you die, and you'll truly then be like, ah, I am just this awareness. Not even my thoughts, not even your thoughts. It's being aware of the thought and truly just being present because to be present is being aware to feel the ground under you that's awareness of the physical ground to hear a noise that's awareness of sound 
These are present things. And then if you ever have a thought that interrupts that meditation, that thought is a present thought. And you're aware of that present thought, no different than you're aware of what you see presently and what you feel presently. Your thoughts are also present entities. Tolley jumps to comparing dreams to reality and he kind of ties it together and this i've never been one to get deep about dreams because i personally think it's just this jumbled up mixture of all this random um stuff our brains remember and it just throws it together like a picasso painting that's personally what i think dreams are like but totally if you care to hear has a different take on this he thinks dreams are reflections of your inner feelings your experiences and that it proves how the world is also not real. He says our world is also just a reflection of our inner self, our egoic mind and our experiences. It's a bit of a stretch. I don't know if I agree with this, to be honest with y'all, but it, it is cool. I, I agree with the second part, actually. I really do agree that everyone's a mirror, right? This is a, a saying, I forget from who, like from way back, the Stoics everyone's a mirror everyone's a reflection of what you believe in what you don't believe in your morals your principles your values etc all a reflection everyone's a reflection of your fears and your insecurities even that's why people judge simple as that judgment comes from someone doing something you fear or or are insecure about and if you're thinking oh i'm not a serial killer i'm not hitler but i fear but i don't like them i'm judging them for what they did well that's simply because you don't like that hypothetical version of yourself and I was just talking to some clients this morning saying, anytime you judge, and even if that's not who you are, but hypothetically you wouldn't want to be that person, hence the judgment, I say, okay, well, that's still out of a place of lack. We're still lacking. The ego is telling you to think a certain way because of what you've been taught. And there's lack. Anytime your ego does anything, it's out of, out of a place of lack, always. It's, it's wanting something. And so to, without, before I get off topic, the next time you judge, think, if I had the same history, same DNA, I would do the same thing. What's up? Okay, <clears throat> so if I sounded rushed there, it's because I was. Uh, I actually just had to go do a session with someone, and I'm back between clients. So <laughs> we're going to jump right back in. Tolley goes on to say here, don't wish for a more enlightened world. When you let go of forms, you'll experience a new world. So it's really up to you. And again, I'll give you a quick update. A form is the construction of something. So we say this is a table and that's a table, even though they're two different tables. Why don't we call this one a pable and that one a table? Why didn't we give them different names? Because they're separate physical things. Because the construct is the same. Anyway, so that's a form. We can let go of forms. Like, you are mean. You are nice. You are judgmental. You are black. You are white. Like, when we let go of the forms, now we, we get closer to enlightenment and the world will be more enlightened. Really hot take here. Totally deems that all evils are the effect of unconsciousness. What I took away from this is that when the ego, aka the self-talk, takes over our meat suit like a parasite, we do things apathetically, right? Not empathetically. We do things for our own survival, despite it hurting other people. 
we're so unaware that all right well there you go i just got another phone call so that broke things up again but we're good um to finish off this chapter remember this you cannot remove darkness with more darkness it's not how it works according to Tolly. some some savages would disagree chapter 10 is titled the meaning of surrender very intriguing so he starts it off with the topic of surrender and he says to surrender is to accept the present moment unconditionally without reservation it is to relinquish in a resistance to what is and that's one of the best analogies i can think for this is someone swimming against the current into white caps because they really want to be somewhere specifically they aren't you know accepting other possibilities then they learn to accept and allow the wave and current to push them to a new shore that they originally didn't want to go to but they were you know just thinking about it they knew that shore was there but they they weren't wanting to go there just thinking about it they realized the trip was really enjoyable when they didn't resist all the waves and they only believed that resisting was best because they were taught to believe resisting the waves and swimming into the current was the way to go to be hard to hustle but in reality to accept is when life can in essence be most joyous in some cases i'm the biggest hypocrite but i understand where eckhart tolle is coming from there this is going to sound horrible but i almost want to say like for me personally because i have these goals that i definitely could relax right now but i want to schwitz away i keep telling myself i can accept life when i get to this certain stage that's when i'll accept everything that comes my way <laughs> which makes no sense at all it's like saying i'll like the movie when it gets good <laughs> no so eckhart tolle mentions that you can't be conscious of your unhappy or happy feelings because the second you start to call those feelings happy or unhappy well you've just labeled them and again remember when you label something you're identifying and this means the ego is controlling you in that moment and with no control comes a less peaceful life so just remember to just be and not be conscious of any emotion but of your senses and surroundings all of those things they are not you your feelings your your even your consciousness that you're aware of that, that's not you so you just have to observe and be at peace accept observe and be at peace the clouds like we don't identify with storms right the storms come and go we observe the storm but we don't identify as the storm Totally sounds quite pretentious here, but he says that the mind you'll have when you surrender and accept is above the frequencies of the mindsets that run our world today. True surrendering, it creates no suffering for yourself, for anyone else, or any other life form on the planet. That's such a good point, actually. Wow, it's true. To truly surrender and accept, you're not harming anything else. Now, this becomes really philosophical because I would actually disagree. Every action has a reaction. That's, that's a, a law. And so to not make a choice is still making a choice. So let's say you, what's an example here? So to surrender, let's say you decide to stop buying. Let's say you decide to stop buying meat. You've surrendered. I don't know. That's bad. Let's say you've surrendered to impressing people okay that's more realistic and you just let things happen well by not impressing people 
you might now impress someone else because they they admire your authentic being but now if you i guess if you don't identify with that authentic self then you're good but in the end you're gonna end up pissing someone off and pleasing someone no matter what you do in life (laughs) so by surrendering you might end up hurting someone else than if you didn't surrender you know what i mean now i made a note here that i'll just read because I forget my thoughts about these chapters. And I said, this is interesting. Eckhart Tolle answered my question from above there by saying yin-yang theory doesn't exist when you surrender and eliminate forms, labels, beliefs, identities, blah, blah, blah. When you surrender... Um, yeah, I hope you got... Here, I'll say that again because I don't think you guys understood what I just said there. By saying yin-yang theory doesn't exist when you surrender... Uh that's weird so the things that i've been taught to believe is suffering from our existence aren't suffering if they surrender to life's events same same as when we are dying we surrender to god's plan we don't get mad at god we accept i know what you're thinking that's a serious god complex i have just understand the analogy for it is all i could think of okay that was a bunch of schmagaggy i am so sorry um ki or and I'll say in Spanish lo siento por mi loco palabras y frases yeah that made no sense so anyways let's continue what about people who want to amuse me manipulate or control me am I to surrender to them Tolly says that they're cut off from truly being They are unconsciously attempting to get energy and power from you. (laughs) Manipulators and controlling people. They literally are parasitic. They're being controlled and they need you as their fuel. You know what I mean? Your energy fuels them. And that's why why, uh, they are toxic. That's why you feel drained when you're around them. Anyways, Eckhart Tolle says if you start resisting that, you will become unconscious as well. So if you resist the urge to stop seeing them, like you're going to be unconscious. Then the ego is saying, no, you have to stay with them. You have to keep talking. That's the ego. Don't become unconscious as well. You'll end up Also, you'll end up just projecting on everyone when you're upset. And if you love the people around you, you will not put them through that projection. When you start resisting and you start trying to please people again, even though they're being manipulative and controlling, Eckhart Tolle says... Um, the self-talk aka the ego it will begin feeding you a narrative the ego and self-talk will then make you act in a way to fulfill the narrative and i put a note here that remember that this is literally just a way for you to feel like you're staying alive and keeping the human race going anytime you decide to uh, listen to what people taught you whether you listen to your ego like your self-talk starting to identify as a people pleaser any identification you're, you're just trying to stay alive that's simple as that um i'll i'll wrap this puppy up after this point here this will this will be it all right relationships will be changed profoundly when you surrender if you can never accept what is you'll never be able to accept anybody the way they are that is so deep oh my god i love that saying if you can never accept what is You'll never be able to accept anybody the way they are. You'll judge, criticize, label, and reject if, if you do not surrender. 
If you're not living in the now and accepting everything happening right now, what you'll get out of a relationship is just primary. Be it material gain, a sense of power, physical pleasure, or some form of ego gratification. Now, something that I wanted to say, it's like a, it's like a person wandering. So a person wondering, like, of course I'm going to worry if someone's being hurtful and judgmental, you know, that I'm going to judge them for their poor character traits. And that's completely okay because I understand that, you know, for some ignorance is bliss. And what I mean by ignorance is bliss is like to live a life where we all just agree to the same language and constructs and beliefs and identities. It's comfortable and that's ignorance is to not go deeper and ask the why and get philosophical. Like that ignorance, that blissful ignorance is blissful. It's fun to pretend to know what's going on in the universe. And to be honest, I'm not even going to give any negative or positive connotation towards that statement I just gave you there. Because typically, like a, typically a person would be like, no, it's bad. You shouldn't be ignorantly blissful. That's a bad thing. But there we are. We're using definitions. We're using constructs and labels and beliefs. And that's the pain body. And so if this book has taught me anything, it's to be okay with anything. It's to be okay with ignorant bliss. And it's to be okay with enlightenment. Judging and being superficial because you're okay with what you've been taught to believe versus just being ignorant or or accepting whatever relationships come your way. Pretty much I'm ranting, but there is no right and wrong. Just remember that and accept. Simple as that. People who read books like this, I just feel as though they typically do start stripping all the materialism, superficial characteristics. I feel like they strip those. Food for thought. I didn't really like this episode, people, because like I was up and down doing multiple. I had to break this up. I like doing it all at once. Anyways, hope you enjoyed. Hope you took some golden nuggets home. Yeah, don't put connotations on anything because we were just taught, taught to believe things. <laughs> Simple as that and accept you're at peace when you accept the buddhists say wanting is suffering so i hope you guys have a peaceful weekend and truly enjoy the rest of your day take care bye